Hey friends, this is Pop Culture Makes Me Jealous, where we analyze pop culture through the lens of race or gender and sometimes both. This episode is a bonus solo episode with me, your host, Julia Washington. To hear the full episode, you can join us on Patreon. It's really easy. You just go to patreon.com slash popculturemakesmejealous. And now, here we go to the show. Daisy Jones and the Six was first published in 2019. It was written by Taylor Jenkins Reid. It is a Reese Witherspoon book club pick, has most recently been adapted to a miniseries for Amazon Prime, starring a lot of people. So there's no guest in this episode, so we're just going to dive right on in. When Daisy Jones and the Six first released, the New York Times had this to say, quote, Taylor Jenkins Reid has written a stylish and propulsive, if sometimes sentimental novel set against the backdrop in the stadiums, studios, and pool houses of the late 1970s LA. Though the back cover suggests that everyone knows Daisy Jones and the Six, the book is the story of a fake band in a real world. Daisy Jones and the Six is a fairly earnest portrait of the 1970s through a mockumentary without mocking, end quote. I purchased this book on publication day, excited for the story of this fictional band. Though I never experienced the 1970s, my childhood was filled with its music. At the time, it wasn't uncommon for me to read a book in a day, and this one was no exception. My original review on Instagram stories was this, and... <laughs> Not going to lie, it's a little embarrassing. Daisy Jones and the Six is a story of the rise and fall of America's greatest fictional band in the 70s. Told from multiple perspectives in the style of interviews, this book has it all. Love in all forms, complicated relationships, complex people, and a whole lot of rock and roll. I had every intention of doing a deeper, more reflective review, but I couldn't. At the time, I didn't know why. While other more prestigious reviewers like The Times and Kirkus suggested the book had drawbacks, I saw none myself. I felt that Taylor Jenkins Reid had captured the emotions and what it's like to be in love with a musician and connect creatively with that person. Having seriously dated a musician myself, I knew firsthand what it was like to be Camilla, but with a completely different outcome. In March of 2023, the first three episodes of the prime original Daisy Jones and the Six released after a frenzy of anticipation. Hello Sunshine did a fantastic job with all elements of marketing and advertising the show's release with the actor and author buy-in. If this campaign isn't studied in future academic classes or what you can do for a book-to-screen adaptation screen release, then I would be shocked. Not only did the actors do the traditional press junket, but musicians were hired to take the album Aurora from the book and bring it to life. This album released on streaming platforms, making Daisy Jones and the Six the first fictional band to ever hit number one. The series was adapted for screen by Scott Neustadter. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, and I maybe apologize if I got it wrong, and Michael H. Weber. You've heard on this show before in the past when a woman's writing is put in the hands of a man for execution, things get lost in translation. And while it seems pretty divided on the internet whether or not 
the adaptation is good or represents the book well, the changes were clear and the team behind them stands by those decisions. The book offers nuance in a way the series doesn't. It is, in my opinion, the missing nuance is what we as Daisy Jones and the Six fans were hoping for in the series. The book was already a good framework for bringing the story to life. While many critics suggested the interview style boxed in the characters, what is left unsaid is just as clear as what is said, making for an easy transition to screen. On March 24th, Vanity Fair ran an article outlining all the biggest changes from the book to series. In episode one, we immediately see Eddie and Pete Loving reduced to Eddie Roundtree. In the book, having two sets of brothers, Billy and Graham Dunn and Pete and Eddie Loving, offers a parallel. Eddie and Billy, both elder brothers with ideas and talent, but Billy rises higher than Eddie, creating bitterness within Eddie. We see Graham's loyalty to his brother, which then brings the rest of the group into loyalty to him as well. Two sets of brothers show us this creates a different type of tension. You don't like Eddie, but you understand why he's frustrated. Why is the band the Dunn brothers when it's equal parts lovings? This tension grows, and even after a name change, Eddie is so irritated with Billy that there's no coming back from it. When interviewed with Time Magazine, showrunner Scott Neustadter had this to say about Pete, quote, the Pete character serves as a function in the novel, but doesn't have much to say. He's not the most dramatic. We know if we were going to cast Pete, the actor might want to do more. It felt like eliminating Pete enabled us to do more with the characters that we had in the ensemble. I think that removing Pete, even though he didn't have a large speaking role in the show, in the book, was a little short-sighted. And here's why. Though his only speaking role comes at the end of the book, what he offers throughout the story contributes to Eddie's anger. Unlike Graham, Pete playing music with his brother is a short-term gig. There's a part in the book where Pete says he's going to quit and everyone panics and wants Billy to talk him out of it. This makes Eddie so angry. He's standing before the band telling them he's tried and Pete's not going to change his mind, but no one is listening to him. Maybe you know that feeling, telling someone something that you, the person closest to the situation, the expert, if you will, and in, it, and in this case, the sibling, and it falls on deaf ears. Being unheard is infuriating. And for Eddie, this wasn't just another moment when he was ignored. It was one of the final blows. Okay, friends, since this is a Patreon bonus episode, that's all you get. For the full thing, you can find us on patreon.com slash jealous. As a member, you get benefits like bonus episodes and other stuff too. I appreciate you for taking the time to tune in. Also, we have a book club, the Jelly Pops Book Club. We read Daisy Jones and the Six in March of 2023, and it was a really good time. We have some awesome people who show up. So if you're fed up with the patriarchy, love to read and love television and movies, we might be the club for you. We only read book to screen adaptations. And one more thing before I go. We recently hit 10,000 downloads. We have since surpassed that number. And for an independently produced podcast from an introvert who gets overstimulated and overwhelmed by too much socialization, I feel like that's a pretty damn good marker to hit for the time we've been here. I appreciate all of you, and I thank you all for tuning in. Until next time.